Ladies and gentlemen, the market is breaking people's hearts at auctions at the moment. It's done a runner, but commercial property hasn't yet begun. We've got the expert, Steve Belize here, who's purchased over 200 properties for clients. Stay tuned. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes, episode 412, Commercial Property Investing Explained Simply. Super excited about this conversation. We've got myself, Michael Burgio, Mark Novak, special guest, Steve Polisi, and author of Commercial Property Investing Explained Simply. Obviously, I probably do commercial property. It's my bread and butter, but we cover a lot of topics on the show, but this one... I'm excited for this one and I'm very happy to have Steve on to talk about everything and anything and where, as Mark sort of said in the intro, residential markets going crazy. We're seeing under 1% yields, 2% yields consistently, which is great if you've got residential in your portfolio, you're getting the capital growth, you're getting the equity, but a lot of clients are cash poor and they're looking for other alternatives to have a positive cash flow. They think about commercial property and they have nowhere near to start. They don't know an agent, they can't Google anything, but what can they do? And Steve's written a book about it and he's on the ground every day. Good morning, Steve. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me on. So talk us through what you do. Mark mentioned in the intro, you've helped clients buy over 200 properties. Tell us a bit about your background and then we'll segue into the book. And why you wrote okay. it? All right. So I, I was originally a structural engineer. I used to design medical machines, then I started designing mine sites. Um, but in the background of that, I was growing my own portfolio. So I bought some residential, um, and then I got a job as a buyer's agent because I found I was pretty much up till one a.m. every night researching property. Anyway, so I went stuff it. I might as well if I'm doing it for fun, I might as well do it for a job. Um, got into a job. Uh, the company I was working for was really successful, so I bought about 500, 600 residential properties, and then about five years ago, shifted into buying commercial. Um, just there was, I was one of the people that just said, I oh, commercial is too complicated, too risky, I'm not going to buy it. But I had a few clients with huge residential portfolios that could take on the, the risk in t- quotation marks. And then so I started researching, doing some analysis, and then found out you actually can buy lower risk commercial properties in residential in some sectors. So started chipping away at those, um, got up to about 200 properties as of date. Um, but then the main thing I had is every phone conversation I had with the client, they didn't understand anything about it, like absolutely nothing about commercial. They just knew the preconceptions of high vacancy rates. They don't have capital growth, all those kind of misconceptions. So I actually planned just to write like a 20 page ebook. So any new client coming on, I was going to send the ebook and say, look, read this ebook. It's going to answer a lot of your questions about commercial. Then we can have a proper chat about like a, what to buy or strategy and things like that. Um, 20 pages turned to 80, 80 turned to 100, and then I went, there's probably a book here, so let's just finish up, I wrote a book, and yeah, that got picked up by a publisher, so it's in all bookstores now and online, and no, it's going well, I've sold a couple of thousand copies. That's amazing, because I think a lot of people just throw like that 
they swap they um what's that saying a broad brush over commercial property they just put it all in the one basket but there are so many different markets retail office industrial and then within those markets there's so many different plays that you can do where you're buying a tenanted property or do you buy a vacant property different yields there what are you seeing right now in the market and what are you what are you sort of forecasting for the next sort of six months to 12 yeah that's that that's a really good point michael like people just say oh, i know someone who had a, a vacant commercial property for five years but it depends what it was. Like I said, there could have been an office space, could have been retail, could have been industrial. Where did they buy? Like, I don't say don't buy on the northern beaches for residential because mining towns are going down. Like, you're not comparing apples and apples. And then a lot of the other time, people are using the large stats to make their decision. So they say like, oh, don't buy retail, retail's down. But when they look at that stat, they're actually talking about CBD retail, like the big Westfields that no normal person's buying anyway. They're buying the little the little strip malls yeah. and that, where most of them are doing really well. Like my local coffee shops are doing COVID business doubled, like actually doubled. Wow. So what you find, so um, in terms of what I'm buying for clients, I just try to get as good a return as possible with as low risk as possible. And, and sure, it's obviously try to get the good capital growth as well. So mainly I'm buying a lot of industrial. Um, I really like industrial for its versatility because if you lose a tenant, there's, there's lot, lots of versatility you can get from you. You have a car mechanic, a wholesaler, distributor, fabricator, storage. So they, they've got a lot of uses. So I really like those. Um, you can also get comfort in those numbers. So if you like buying a warehouse, you can look at every other warehouse in that complex or the adjoining complexes and find which ones went vacant and how long they went vacant for. So for a first time investor, they're quite good because you can get some comfort in the numbers. You can look at square meter rates for sale, square meter rate leasing, and actually start comparing almost apples and apples. Um, there is a bit more to it, obviously, you know, with like if you've got a longer lease or a good tenant or a big fit out or something like that, the price will change slightly, but you'll have some form of comfort. Uh, the next one I'll probably buy is what I call essential retail. So that's the suburban retail, uh, much like the one in Newport I bought off you last week. So just yes. something where people have to go face to face. People are always going to go to their local coffee store, uh, massage, barber shop, nail salon, or something like that. So those ones need face to face. And now with the working from home culture, there's actually more more inclination to go to a local one as opposed to the CBD ones. So a lot of those businesses are actually thriving. Um, but again, as I've spoken to you in the past about retail is a bit of a tricky one because you need to look at foot traffic. Whereas a warehouse might not care about like visibility on the main street. <coughs> retail you need people walking past so you can't compare a retail one street back from the main street with the main street one so just in saying that there's actually a lot less sample size when you're doing your analysis to make a purchase because there might only be 20 shops on that street none of them yeah. are vacant in, in two years what what is your vacancy rate you have no idea if it goes vacant if it's going to be six months 12 months two years what the demand is. So that's where you talk to people on the ground like you. So you talk to leasing agents and property managers and sale agents to find what is the actual demand for these. And if they say they've got a waiting list, beauty, that, that's a really good indicator for growth. So um, there's that one. I have a question. Yep. Um, Steve, just so for anyone who's just tuned in, tuned in, you've written a book on buying commercials real estate. You are a hired gun for helping people buy commercial real estate. What are some of your happy purchases lately where you've gone, oh my God, I wish I could buy all this stuff myself? 
to, to be honest, and anything I bought three or four years ago is just ridiculous yields now because interest rates keep dropping and the cap rates and net yields are tightening. I, I was buying stuff like up in Brisbane, seven and a half to nine cent, like in Brisbane CBD and on the outskirts of the, the middle ring. And like now their the cap rate is 6%. So these people yeah. now have a 10% net yielding asset that's worth an extra 20, 30% capital growth as well. So they've just won the best of both worlds. And, and that, that, that's a huge misconception we should probably talk about with commercial properties. Everyone tells me commercial doesn't grow the same as residential. It's, it's completely false. If you go over the last 30 year average, they all have between five and six and a half percent net uh, average growth per year. And it's just, it, it actually has to, because otherwise you end up with a huge disparity in prices. You'd have a $10 million house sitting next to a $500,000 warehouse. It just, it always has to remain on par. They just happen in different cycles. So people see the residential market will have a really strong seven years and the commercial will not do much. But then when the residential market's not moving, they're not watching the commercial market actually perform and actually grow. So they're not, so people have very short term memories. They look at the last five, six years and that's kind of it. And they also don't look, know how to look at commercial, like exactly what you just said there in Brisbane is the growth, which a lot of people can't tell. Seven, like an eight, 9% growth down to 6% is 30% growth. It's just measured very differently. And I think that the problem a lot of people have, you you can rarely get a like for like comparison. Like if you're looking at a two bedroom apartment in DY, you can bring up 70 sales in the last two months and you can sort of see that price trend. You can look back and see it from 10 years ago as well. But with commercial property like Newport, when we were talking about it, there hadn't been a tenanted investment sale in like four years. So it's very hard to, to bring that. So a lot of people just go with the safe, well, the conclusion of there's no growth, but it's, you've got to know how to look at it as well. But I even think about now, like we just did a sale in Brookvale Industrial to a 600 square meter block for $2 million. And then we just did a DY knockdown house, 600 square meter block for $2 million. And I look back 10 years ago, they were both low millions, so, or even less. So it's just, but there had only that in the last six to nine months, there'd only been one sale like I had done. So there is the growth there. You've got to dive into the numbers. And what does your book help? Like take us through someone who may have three or four residential properties, is very successful. We spoke about this off air. There is nowhere to go to educate yourself which leads people to look at those JLL stats on the CBD on Westfield yeah. that says retail is down the tubes and people, and then they go, well, that, that means DY retail, Newport retail is no good. That's because they don't know what to look for and not, they don't have the tools themselves to look for stuff. So how will your book help? Well, that, that's that's exactly why I wrote the book, though, because there, there literally is no information. Like you've got nothing. So my book just breaks it down really simply. Hence the title, explained simply. It just goes through each part of commercial. So it goes through like the types of assets, and then how to calculate like, the numbers in terms of yields, cash flows, returns, and things like that. There is. Um, and then we all talk, a lot of the book is actually talking about the risks. So the what, not what to do. So don't get carried away just trying to chase a yield because a yield is great while you've got a tenant. It's not so great when you don't have it. So that's what I mentioned before about getting the highest return with as low risk as possible. 
Um, and then it'll just go through getting your team incorporated, what agents to deal with and how to deal with agents, um, how to survive a downturn. There's actually a chapter on that. So it talks about like losing tenants, if it was a natural disaster, pandemics, things like that. So it's just a, it's basically enough tools that you're mitigating the risk when you buy a commercial property. And as I mentioned at the start of this podcast, you can actually buy very, very low risk assets. Like I bought one up on Burley Heads for a client. It was a medical center on a 10 year lease that had a personal guarantee on it. So they've had a $300,000, $400,000 fit out. So on that 7% yield, that actually pays itself off in nine years. So on a 70% yeah. loan at a 5% interest rate. So it's gonna be debt free before the tenant can even leave. So how is, wow. where is the risk in that one compared to buying a $2 million apartment in DY rents for six fifty a week? Yeah, and for anyone watching this, we're gonna have a giveaway of five books. If you like, share, comment this video, we will be doing a draw later in the week. So yeah, like, share, comment, all three of them to go in the draw to do that. You can do the comment after it's live if you're getting ready for work and you're not ready. But let's give some simple tools for someone. What is sort of the top questions they should say to themselves and information they should look at when they've jumped from resident to commercial, so they've seen a property online, what's some things they can do at home after they've sort of read the book? Like they wanna look a copy of the lease, look at what can they sort of some data research they can do from home? What yeah, are the key so things? The, 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 the two biggest things you need to look up when you find a commercial is one, check that the lease and the rate that they're paying, so the rent they're paying is fair market rent or below market rent because commercial properties valued off the return that they give, the cap yield, uh, cap, cap rate or the net yield. So you wanna make sure they're paying because there's no point buying something that's 10% over rented. And then when you get to lease renewal, they bring it back 10% because you're gonna lose 10% of your value there. So check, make sure the comparables and that that's not so simple as well. It's not like you go on realestate.com and you can have a look because what they advertise on real commercial, for instance, is just what the going rate is. So a lot of the times you actually have to go on like core logic or something like that and look at the old sales campaigns, talk to people like you and find out people on the ground, what the actual rates are doing. And you actually have to be knowledgeable about that because like the square meter rate for say a warehouse in Brookvale is going to change if it's a 50 square meter warehouse or if it's a 2000 square meter warehouse. So yeah. you need to find comparables for that rent as well. And then much like residential, you want to compare the sales rates as well. So not just the rent to make sure you're getting good rent, actually the sales price. And as you said before, with that Newport one we bought, it's very, very difficult in some cases, especially if it's a tightly held market, which is actually a good indicator that you're buying in a good area, but it just means it's not like residential where you've got hundreds, you might have three or four or maybe five and not just the, the market's moving anyway. So comparing like a warehouse or a little retail from two years ago actually means nothing now anyway, because the market's moved 10, 20%. So yep. it is more difficult. Just a little bit. Yep. Yeah, Mark. Just, just a quick just a quick question why did you buy newport like what what were the markers and what were the things great for your client that you said okay that's a good buy because i think there's a there's a lot of investors that have five hundred thousand. at five hundred thousand, they're buying a you can't you can't even get a one better in the northern beaches now why newport so i like newport because covid now with the working from home you, you guys have seen the spike with people like inquiring about moving to lifestyle regions so yes, yep. something like a nail salon in a region where people are going to be there three or four days a week they might still commute to the city two or three days but they're going to be local so they're actually going to go so so 
I call it essential retail. They're the one that I really like. So like a nail salon, people are always gonna go there. They, they need someone physically to actually touch their hands. And that one's a crack, I, I really like it. It was a 6.2% net yield. So compare that with say a 3% gross yield for residential. So if gross yield is probably about what, 10% Michael? So yeah, yes. Um, so you've got that, it's on the corner on the main street with double side frontage um, and it's a versatile asset. If, if that tenant decides to leave in five, 10 years time, for instance, can be a hairdresser, can be a barbershop, can be a little cafe. It, it's got some uses for it because it's got the main thoroughfare traffic, but uh, I'm, I'm buying heaps of retail in those lifestyle regions. So anywhere where people are actually starting to move to, um, I, I think they're gonna perform really well in the next five years. And I love hearing yeah, that. 500 grand. Go, what, what, what's that what's that rent per week or per month so, for someone that's got that coming in yeah. it was um 735,000 purchase with 45,000 yeah. a year income the tenant paid strata the tenant paid council the tenant paid water so of 45,000 12 you get 3,750 dollars a month so of a week it's almost double residential that's almost yeah. double what you're getting in residential at the moment. So yeah, but you're, um, also, you're, also not, you're also not paying rates and outgoings. So it's double the rent and, and you're not paying the outgoings, which normally equate to about 2% or so. Is the interest rate higher? They, they are a little bit higher. They're generally half a percent to 1% higher, um, but that's actually tightening now. So it's, yeah, I'm seeing about 2.5, 2.8% on average for most clients. Yeah, it's insane. Is the deposit Go on, Mark. Sorry, mate. Is, is the deposit operating? greater? Yeah, so generally you need a 30%, um, sometimes Sorry, 35%. However, there, there are a couple of lenders. I think Michael was going to say like ANZ are doing 80% loans at the moment. So it's actually like for wow. in those situations. Yeah, so ANZ, I met with them a couple of days ago. They're doing as low as 2.5% on a 30-year term. 30 years um with yeah flexible deposits so it's becoming so competitive like see if you would have seen it a few years ago people are borrowing money at five six percent buying yielding assets at five six percent now people are buying borrowing money at two and a half percent and keep in mind especially at that entry point a lot of the time the clients are putting in probably 80 percent cash 70 percent and they're looking at it going well the money's in the bank probably like doing nothing yes i could buy residential but i'm gonna get one or two i'm gonna get two percent net it's i want money now like or do i play shares or stock but i don't really know that at all my motto has always been brick and mortar so commercial property is really key, sort of key to look at that and i think it's going to do well what's your take on one, 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 one point there, Michael, is so a lot of people, they might actually have that equity sitting there, but they actually don't have any surfaceability to buy another residential. The banks have actually said no to them. But commercial yeah, loans, you can, yes. actually, you can actually get That's lease loans where they, where they give it based on the actual rent that you're receiving. So a lot of my commercials are on lease loans. So where you're capped out at residential, you actually can keep moving forward with commercial and you sort of get the best of both worlds. You're increasing your, increasing your serviceability at the same time because you've actually got a really positively geared asset. Great point there, because that was the key thing they changed in residential lending probably about three years ago, where they started really calculating it on, we don't care if um, your properties are rented, we yeah. want to know you can pay for the rent of all those assets. If there's no tenant, then you're like, well, no, but it's a one bed, of course it's going to rent. 
Um, but to hear that, I, I wasn't even aware of that with the commercial. That's, like, I sort of knew of it, but I didn't know the terminology. Was it a lease loan? Lease loan. And then is it a further one? You can get a no-doc loan where they'll give you the yeah. loan, basically no criteria, as long as you've got a 50% deposit. So a lot of like my trading clients who might be doing something a little bit dodgy with their tax, they've got a lot of cash, but they're not kind of got a lot of income. That's an option for them to keep buying as well. Whereas residential, they wouldn't be able to touch. Yeah. And I think it's key that with a lot of the market sentiment at the moment, everyone's saying stay away. Like the sentiment is retail's down the tubes, don't look at it. But hearing it from someone who's helped clients buy over 200 commercial property, five, 600 residential, and just immerse yourself in knowledge about it, they're the assets you're looking for at the moment. So it just really points, it really um, hammers the point, do your own research and don't just follow the sentiment or trends you're hearing, especially when it comes to commercial well, One of the big things with retail is people hear the word retail and they just naturally think of like clothing stores. And I, I used to be the same. Someone says retail and go like, oh yeah, clothes shop. But a retail can be a medical center or a dentist. So that if they've got 200, 300 grand fit outs, if you've locked them into a long lease, they're not going anywhere. Like they, they can't, they physically can't leave. Yep. Um, Mark, anything, we've, we're, we're already at 21 minutes. I feel like I've been longer. But. I, know, I, I'm, I'm, I think it's fantastic. And the, the thing I loved most out of today was people that are conking out on income to purchase an investment on residential. Uh, but do have healthy deposits, have got the option um, of commercial. I, I think that's a big thing. And I also think the residential markets had a bit of a run already and commercial has not, um, in, in, uh, all in all. So, yeah, awesome, Steve. Thank you. And just before we wrap up, Steve, for a client out there, uh, think about engaging your services, what are some, like, what do they need to best be able to contact you in their mind? They go, all right, I've got a 20, 30 cent deposit. Of like who who are, what type of clients are best to contact you for, to help with buyers to help them buy a commercial property? Oh, anyone who's either time poor or doesn't know anything about commercial property, obviously reach out. But in terms of yep. the starting point, you you can buy a commercial asset three hundred grand. Like you can buy little warehouses up in Brisbane CBD for three hundred grand. So you actually only need about a hundred hundred twenty grand worth of equity or cash, and you get started. And that three hundred grand one, you're still talking about twelve grand a year passive income. Like it's not a bad return for such a little bit of money. Yeah, good point. And I think anyone who bought a property longer than three years ago will have that equity. Look, at, speak, get in contact with Steve, see what, how he can help. I think knowledge is key. And then to be able to pinpoint a property that basically encumbers all that knowledge into practice, because there's no point reading all the books, doing everything, and then not being able to look at a real life example of what you can execute and buy and create your portfolio that way. So we'll have your contact details uh, in the chat as well. And obviously a link to buy the book as well, but we will be giving away five books. Awesome. Thanks for the time, guys. Thank you very much, Thanks, Steve. Buddy. Pleasure. Unbelievable. Thank you. Awesome. Cheers, mate. Cool. See ya.